I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hey, Kieran. Hey, Eve. I like your new apartment. Looks cute. Thank you. It's great. I have like, I can shut the door to my room and have like a pretty good like soundstage. That's awesome. My own bathroom, which is great. Does your t-shirt say street parking is homophobic? Is that what I'm reading Yes, here? that is That's what it great. says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. One of my friends uh, makes these and sells them on the internet. I will. I'm going to add that to the fancy footnote section of uh, this podcast. Okay. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm in that like total brain fart state of mind because I've been on meeting calls all day, Zoom meetings all day um, for various things. And technically I'm on spring break, which means that my brain is total mush. And that's fine. It's fine. The first croak has popped this morning. My seeds are sprouting in my little seed trays in the spare bedroom. I have things I'm going to work on with like job applications and the book, you know, putting together some pages for a, a residency application. And I, I'm that's a lot of work for break. spring break. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's not even like half of what I'm trying to do over spring break too. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much are you trying to fit into one week? I'm not telling. <laughs> as long as you get some downtime. Okay. I don't even feel yeah. I will. <laughs> oh my god. If you if you uh if you come to the after dark episode, if you watch the upper the next one that we have scheduled, um, you'll understand what Karen's teasing me about. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be good. We decided that after having a whole bunch of very intense episodes that it was time for just like a chill chat, catch up, uh, be silly episode. So yeah, sorry. If you are new to this podcast, this is just going to be us like sort of gossiping and also uh reading through like weird headlines that sort of tangentially relate to our subject matter um and if this is your first episode just hop off here and go back into the archives this is not the one to start on yeah yeah and uh if you're if you're all caught up then welcome to a palate cleanser uh we all need it right now i feel like we're just chilling it's good yeah um, so we had like a couple things that we wanted to hit. Uh, the most important thing that I want to hit before we get into our just chill gossipy time mm. is that on March 18th, we're going to have a watch party for our patrons and friends of Moxie, which is a movie directed by Amy Poehler based off a book by our friend, Jen Matthew. Um, Me too. <laughs> Jimmy too. Sorry. It's words and phonics. It's French. It's old. It's 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 funny. She's like, she's Latina, Cuban, white Cuban, and her last name is Matu, which is super French. 
make yeah. the whole thing. You'll have this. You'll have this. Um, but we're going to do a like Netflix watch party with her for her movie based on her book. And I started watching it. I got through half of it before my internet died, and it's real fun. Um, so mark your calendars. I haven't watched it yet. I'll probably watch it for the first time with us. Um, this book. So Jen, Jen is a friend of the pod for reasons that go back to like early. She was maybe our first guest ever, I think. Yeah. But one of one of, but basically Jen went to us and some of our friends as source material for her book devoted, which is about a quiverful daughter. It's a young adult novel. And so she's a, she's a high school teacher and a young adult novelist. And this book Moxie is, um, it came out in 2017. I read it in 2016 when it was an arc. Um, I was in Peace Corps. She sent me a PDF and I was like read it on <laughs> vacation in Cambodia and it was great, but it's, so it is a little bit, I think, dated white feminism but she really does do a lot with what she's got to make sure that her her main character who is a white girl gets her her privilege checked and put in her place in a lot of really good ways yeah um while also trying to you know smash the patriarchy cute yeah it's real good i'm excited about it i'm excited to watch it so march 18th uh we're thinking 8 p.m eastern um, but we'll update if that time changes. So Jen um, will if, be with us. Yes. Bring Jen your questions. We'll do a talk back. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get in on that and you're not a patron, go become a patron at patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. That way you get the post update with all of the details and the links and when it's happening and stuff. It can be as little as like $1 a month and then you just cancel your subscription afterward. It's fine. Yeah. And if you can't even do that and you want to join, like just send us an email or a DM and we can work something out. It's good. We'll figure it out. It's fine. Yeah. Thank you for all of your support. This is going to be fun. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. I, I was so excited friend. when I saw that it was being turned into a movie and I'm so excited to watch it. <laughs> It's going to be really great. Oh yeah. my God. I'm so happy. That's the real important thing. The, if, you, if you get nothing else from this episode. The big important thing that I'm really excited about and want to talk to you guys about is, hold please, I am pulling up TikTok. We're going to do an old school hold the phone to the mic. All right. Let's start with this. You all want to look at some more absolutely bonkers Bible stories with me? Why? Because they're kind of fucked up. Do I need a better reason? Trigger warning, violence and gore. It's the Bible after all. All right, let's go. That time some kids made fun of Elisha calling him bald, and so he cursed them, and God sent two bears out of the woods to maul 42 of them to death. 42? That time Onan was obligated to sleep with his dead brother's wife, but he pulled out and finished on the ground so she wouldn't get pregnant, and then God killed him for it. Yes, I knew that story when I was eight. Anyone else? That time Samson took a donkey's jawbone and killed a thousand soldiers with it. Because he had superhuman strength from never cutting his hair. Goals. That time Jesus was feeling so peckish that he killed a fig tree for not having any figs for him to eat, even though figs were out of season. Kind of a dick move from the tree owner's perspective. That time the Apostle Paul said women should be quiet in church, and then people kept taking him seriously for 2,000 years. All right, that's it for today, but there are hundreds of these, so come along if you want more for some reason. 
Ah, oh, I, <laughs> I truly so love. We should explain why this is okay. great. So, um, y'all, okay, what you just listened to is Abraham Piper's TikTok. He is John Piper's atheist son. Well, not like he doesn't call himself an atheist, but non-Christian son. And uh, he is totally, totally shitting on everything we grew up with. And if you know who his dad is, it's just it's like, beautiful. Shot in front is good. It's it is. It brings so much joy to me. I guess we should take a moment to explain a little bit who his dad is. Yeah. Okay. So John Piper, did you see that um, Shannon, formerly Shannon Harris, uh, snitched on John Piper's uh, women must endure abuse for a moment video on her Instagram? No, but that's fucking great. Okay. Let's start there. So John Piper is a reformed Baptist preacher in Minnesota. So that means he has a stick of his butt and thinks that, uh, you know, God chose him from the beginning of time and, and therefore like everything's great. He calls himself a Christian hedonist. Do you remember this? Yes. Where he's like, he obsesses over how sinful he is in order to like, feel super grateful that about life in general because he doesn't deserve to be alive and God is so kind. Mm-hmm. When did you it's first depression, but we'll call it Christian hedonism. Great. <laughs> right. um, where did you first run into John Piper? Oh, man. So remember when we ran our, our cute little online magazine yes. podcast distribution network thing. That thing that we shall never tell you the name of. Yeah. Yes. Um. So it was Piper and uh, CJ Mahaney from Sovereign Grace that we've already covered extensively and some other people. What was that one woman's name? Elizabeth, who wrote something about like keeping your heart pure. You're talking about Elizabeth Elliot? Yes. I think so. Uh, so anyway, all these all these books um, about how to uh, you know be good Christian young people, um, how to or not people masturbate. In general, yeah, how to not masturbate, how to not have crushes, how bad you are <laughs> if you do have a crush, how even worse you are if you masturbate, especially if it's about that crush. Yeah, that's just that's like next door to rape. Or premarital sex, depending. Both are bad. Both are equally bad. In this I, world. Mean, I don't know. Premarital sex is probably worse. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So all these all these books came out, and and John Piper wrote a book sometime around two thousand six, two thousand seven that a lot of us were reading, and I don't remember the name of it. it his writing was really dry. I never really got into him, and I never really liked him much. But he's, he was just super very liberal. Yeah. He's well this is why I said he's got a stick of his butt. He's he's ex- incredibly cerebral and and like will get into these like super intellectual um, kind of I, I want to say tongue twisters, but they're not they're just like he ties himself in logic knots and then 
just like cries because God is so good to not murder him a sinner. Yeah. Like a sermon. And it's just really weird. It's weird. It's hard to follow. It's very like, as much as my parents like do believe similarly, like they have that same kind of depression disguised as Christianity bullshit happening. They were not on the same level. Piper was like a depression masquerading as Christianity intellectual think tanker just by himself. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. So he, so people who liked Piper were kind of considered like Christian intellectuals. Um, You would get taken a whole lot more seriously by, you know, boys who thought they were smart, you know, who are now reply guys on Twitter. (laughs) Right. If you if you read Piper, so I read a lot of Piper, unfortunately, because I had a couple of those guys I was trying to impress, which is just so bad. <laughs> We've come so far. I know. <laughs> but Piper, um, Piper, the video I mentioned that Shannon formerly Harris, Shannon Bond posted is one that's kind of, I would say it's like kind of legendary in our our ex-evangelical community but if you haven't run into it it's this video from like the early 2000s where piper's like asking answering like advice questions like relationship advice questions and it was like a little video series that he did for a little bit back when like video was new very very new um on the internet and and the question goes something like if the husband's abusive is that like grounds for divorce can the wife leave and he's like basically the wife should suffer for a season for the glory of god if it's possible to redeem the marriage and like that will be like that suffering will be you know worth it in the end if the marriage is saved which of course is terrible advice. The worst advice. Probably responsible for various women in my community, like my mom's peers staying in marriages they shouldn't have Mm -hmm. um, or getting out much later than they should have. And has been like brought up over and again as like, you know, evidence that the evangelical community doesn't take um, abuse in marriage seriously. Just abuse, period. Yeah, but like yeah, in honestly. particular, that one. And so he's like backpedaled. There's been some sort of like lame ass fake apology where he doesn't really recant anything. Right. He just tells everybody like, they well, misunderstood. Your, your him. husband shouldn't be abusive, so you know. You misunderstood me. If you misapplied it, that's your fault. Yeah. So to have Abraham Piper existing and like hanging out on Twitter and TikTok. Uh, and shit talking everything we grew up with because he's one of us. It's so good. It's so, it is, so good. it brings me so much life. I love it. And it's also like, it's super validating because I grew up having that story about the fucking bear mauling all those kids taught to me is like, fucking kids. Yeah. As like God being loving. Like that was God showing his love for those children because they went to heaven and didn't continue to live sinful lives. Oh, is that what happened? Apparently, according to my parents hmm. and probably also that's, John. I was told that's what happened when you back talk to your elders so you can't do it. Well, I mean that too. 
I mean, it was definitely like, don't talk back because, you know, there might be a bear sent to maul you. I'm going to do a real hard pivot here. My, my ADHD brain is insufferable today, okay? Do it. Have you ever read A Winter's Tale by Shakespeare? The play? I feel like the I have, but it's not. know where like, I'm coming with this. Yeah, it's not, it's not like coming to me. Okay, so Winter's Tale is the story where like, the daughter is named Perdita, and the, there's the the husband is the jealous king, and he like accuses his wife of cheating on him, and she like fakes her death and like is a statue for like her daughter's entire childhood, and then like comes back when the husband has repented. Um, it's a whole thing, but there's this moment where there's a stage directions and it's like the most famous stage direction of all time. Um, oh yes. <laughs> and I see. Stage, stage left followed by a bear. And I always tie these two things together in my brain. Every single time I hear that or this story, like my brain is like, they back talked to him because he was bald. <laughs> <laughs> and now yeah, I have shared this little brainworm with you. I'm sorry. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but like, Followed by a bear. He called him bald. Damn it. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Yes. Um, okay, but the real best thing about this Abraham Viper thing, and this is where I was going in the first place with all of this, is friend of the pod, Jeremiah Warren. Texted me multiple times today to make sure I I got his tweet where he <laughs> said <laughs> that isn't it funny that Abraham Piper looks like Junior Asparagus? I can't unsee it anymore. He does. He like he does. he's got he's got long hair, so like you know, an afro would be like the only thing that fixes it. But he wears these like beanies all the time, and it kind of works. But he's got the same face, the same smile. And expression, it's it's so good. It's just it's beautiful. It's just not voiced by Lisa Fisher, is it? It's gonna be in the show notes. It's yes. <laughs> I I please like go comment on his TikToks that he looks like Junior Asparagus. Like I want this to go back to him. This is it's just too good. It's just too good. <laughs> it's it's so good. I love it. Anyway, Abraham Piper is great if you want to enjoy some shit talking of our childhood. And also if you like puzzles, like I guess he does puzzles. He makes puzzles. Yeah, he's like a puzzle designer. Yeah. That's his like that's his job. Which is amazing. Which like that's pretty cool. I kind of want to have that job, honestly. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it does sound like fun. I feel like he's made some really good life choices. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, Abraham, if you're listening to this, please come on the podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> please, please make it happen. Thank you. Please, please come. We'll let you talk about puzzles and only puzzles. You don't have to talk about your dad once. Yeah. We just want to have Junior Asparagus visit. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure we could we could also arrange, but that would not be as fun. As oh, my God. Yeah, if we got Phil Fisher on, that would be like mm. 
Yeah. It would be fascinating, honestly. Well, it's funny because, well, and actually this probably leads us into everything else we want to talk about. It's funny because Phil Vischer is out there like tweeting anti-fascist stuff. Yeah. While his co-writer of the fucking David and Bathsheba Veggie Tales movie, Eric Metaxas, is like hardcore, like pro-Trump like collaborating with Donald Trump Jr. on stuff like nonsense. Yeah, go go back and listen to our two Metaxas episodes if you want to know who that guy is. <laughs> After this moment in time, I will refuse to ever remember his name again. Yes. Just be like that guy. That who guy. Wrote the duck song. Oh my God. <laughs> now I have it stuck in my head. Because I love my duck. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> the honestly the the songs in Veggie Tales are so catchy like it's ridiculous all of them yeah all of them the whole thing the whole thing whenever i lose my hairbrush oh no yeah I, like it's still even friends in peace corps who like didn't grow up with Veggie Tales or christianity would sing the hairbrush song like it's <laughs> it's, it's just the like universal hairbrush song now. Oh my god! <laughs> like I'm pretty sure that's like one of the first songs that like my siblings grew up hearing was Probably. because we would lose it so many times, and whenever we lost it, inevitably someone, <laughs> often my dad, would start, just start singing. singing. Yeah, my yeah, the dads really, really like that song. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Because they don't use hairbrushes. It's a novelty item. Yeah. They're like, what is this? Why do you need it? (laughs) The other thing that, like, is, I think, ubiquitous is the, like, Water Buffalo song coming up. Especially when, especially in, like, political moments. And this is, sorry, we're just going to go deep into explaining evangelical humor, ex-evangelical humor. But, um... When it comes up, like, mean, means testing for the stimulus checks, like, that's what comes to mind. Where's now I water buffalo? Oh, Where's my God. I have water buffalo. You're going to get nasty. Yes. yes. Stop being so silly. Everybody's got a water buffalo. Like. I have a water buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, just in case. We'll also add the Water Buffalo song. If you haven't gotten it stuck in your head, you will now. Okay. All right. Now let's stop being so silly. I just I just wrote down Water Buffalo hairbrush ducky songs in the footnotes of what <laughs> videos we need to link to. <laughs> so also, we sorry. I mean we can't forget Barbara Manatee. And the cheeseburger. Uh, you know what? We're just going to make a video song playlist? playlist on our YouTube mm. channel. <laughs> and we'll just link to that instead. That's I'm just, so that'll be my, my weekend when I'm not performing project. <laughs> okay. So yes. What are you doing? Tell, tell us about this. Yeah. Um, by the time this airs, it'll have already happened, but I am performing in a uh, LGBT short play festival Ooh. that is happening online. And there will apparently be 
judges and awards and stuff. Um, so so I'm, will it be recorded? Can it will be recorded. You'll be able to rent the plays to watch on demand and you can vote for the plays that you like. And okay. then on like the 20th of March will be the awards ceremony. So I will post all of uh, that stuff, that info in the show notes also. Awesome. Congrats. That'll be fun. Yeah. It's like one, it's not a church pageant two it's not something that i have also like done all of the creating and scripting and writing on my own i'm just like showing up to memorize lines lines and act and it's it's great so it'll be fun it's not like it's not like a happy story it kind of is it kind of isn't it's basically like a cute romantic tragedy but it's it's good it's like 10 minutes long and uh i get i'm playing a character named moss who is having feelings it's great it's great (laughs) moss is having feelings (laughs) yeah moss is having feelings about the end of the world uh moss should have feelings about the end of the world right it's 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 like entirely relatable content like I could like I could see this entire thing going down with me actually um if you know there were something world ending happening. I'm just taking note of that phrase because I want to tell someone about this later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's great. Um okay. Yeah. So the play is called Fireworks and I will post all of the details in the notes um where you can watch it and vote on it and stuff and i'm there's like so you like rent it and then i'm pretty sure that all of the proceeds from like buying the tickets or renting the movie goes into like the pot for Mm -hmm. uh the people who win the awards nice so okay cool vote that way Queer and trans actors and playwrights get money. Yeah. Speaking of good news, yes, we we had a grave rave in the in the, in the Slack channel for the occasion of Rush Limbaugh's death. Finally, it took it took the cancer so long. Like I, I'm not usually someone who roots for cancer, but. <laughs> I have been rooting for Rush Limbaugh's Look, cancer Cancer's been for in years. a lot of toxic relationships. It has some stamina for that kind of thing. We got to, you know, allow it to have, like, some time before it, it got, got rid time. of him. This, yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah. My, my favorite thing. Like, I... Did you grow up listening to Rush Limbaugh? So, no, I actually didn't, which I feel like I'm in the minority on this. So I knew of him and I knew how bad he was. I don't know which parent disliked him, but one of them did. So we just never listened to him. But so many people came out of the woodwork when he died, just being like, I can't believe my mother listened to this toxic person for like 30 years. You know, this was on in my kitchen every morning, that kind of stuff. And I, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, like my dad listened to him for my entire life. I grew up 
listening to Rich Limbaugh whenever dad was like doing some work around the house or whatever, like Rush was on from noon to three or whatever the time slot was. And yeah, like that was Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram all had radio shows. And that was what I listened to growing up. So what that was and it radio like? Pastors. What was it like growing up listening to Rush Limbaugh? Um, I mean, I thought it was normal because it was everything that like my parents believed, which came from Rush Limbaugh. So it was like, you know, this fun <laughs> cyclical thing. But like, it was also like ridiculous. Like looking back on it now, like he was just, and, and like I even kind of picked up on it, which is why I like. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you yeah. realize how bad it was? Like a a bit, like there was a part of me that did, but that part of me like couldn't say anything about it because Rush Limbaugh was basically God. Oh, got it. Except for that, he was an atheist, so he wasn't really God. But like, he had the idea. Wait, he's that not God a Christian. He wasn't a Christian. No, no, he is well, wait, a flaming atheist until like apparently his deathbed when he did a prayer to <laughs> something. But, like, I grew up with him basically, like, shit-talking Catholicism and, like, Christianity because they're so limited in their thinking for whatever the fuck. Yeah. No. What? Sorry. Sorry. I had no idea. And I my brain has just fallen out of my head and is, like, bouncing on the floor. What? Yeah. Yeah. No, he wasn't a Christian. He just supported all of the ideas of the moral majority and dominionists and all that. I'm shit. sorry. I am tweeting this right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was like Rush Limbaugh is the kind of OG America first dude. And and that was his whole thing. Like he got high off of Ronald Reagan speeches like that was his shit. But religion was extremely not his shit. So everything that he talked about, he approached with like from the background of just being a fucking rich asshole, <laughs> like <laughs> who doesn't care about other people um, and so making wild. fun of people who like were religious regardless of what religion that is, but also everyone who wasn't white and everyone who wasn't straight. So, you know, I... I'm just, I'm just, sorry. I do, I'm still just stunned. I, 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 it makes sense. I knew that they were capable of this. I just thought that was more of a recent development and not a nineties development. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, what it, no. Like I that's... was like, Oh man. Like they were like, we're boycotting Amy Grant. Cause she got divorced, but well, we're yeah. still listening to Rush Limbaugh. Who's not a Christian. Right. Yeah, and who has also been divorced like three times? Oh my like, god! Like he's I really hate women. and I also hate had like a so massive much. drug addiction that got him in rehab multiple times over the course oh, of my how childhood. How did I not know any of this? Okay, we have to because you didn't Rush listen to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> we have to do a Rush Limbaugh episode. Okay, got it. I'm gonna yeah. learn nothing more about him from here on out, and you're just gonna like teach me about it later. Yeah, okay, so oh we'll have God. a fuller Rush Limbaugh episode. But, like, I got, when I was a teenager, I got a subscription to the Limbaugh Letter. I got one of his books. I got one of his brother's books. <laughs> um, I got the 
terrible orange shirt that he had when everyone was like uh, talking about Guantanamo Bay. Oh my God. Yeah. So I like grew up saturated in his bullshit. And so believe me when I say I am so happy that that fucking piece of shit is dead. (laughs) Finally. I have been waiting my entire adult life for his continuous smoking and like forever, as long as I can remember having of cancer to finally like fucking die from it. It took so long, (laughs) so long, but it finally fucking happened. And I am so glad. So yes, in the kitchen table cult Slack, we had a grave rave. Yeah, because I mean, I was, I was celebrating happened. this because I, I, I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize all of these other tangential details. And now I'm just like losing my mind for, for real yeah. here. But yes, we were very, very happy about it. Still are. Yep. Yeah. The Grave Rave is still going. It's not going to end. If every day is a good time to rave on Limbaugh's grave. It's what he deserves. If you live near where he is buried, please, please record a video. It's probably going to be like Fort Lauderdale. So if you live in like Miami-Dade and Fort Lauderdale area, like go visit the graveyards to find which one he's in or like read the obits or whatever. I'm sure there's an announcement somewhere. And just Mm -hmm. go like be as gay as you possibly can be. Like drench yourself in rainbows and glitters. And just play the best music and let's stand on his literal grave and have like a dance party. And if you pee on it, no one will care. <laughs> oh, that's my what, take. What a good day. What a good day. <laughs> I feel like we've peaked. Like this is, this is all anyone needs to get from this episode. <laughs> I mean, we have some good shit to cover left. That is, again, that is very is true. <laughs> if you go, if you like just want to end on like a really high note. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Okay. So I want to talk about something that is, people are going to laugh at me for this and that's fine. You can laugh at me for this. This is I a am, fun, goofy, happy episode. I am not a bachelor nation person. Let me make this super clear. We did our whole like, bad Luke thing a season ago because it was remarkably weird. Um, and I had, I had for a lot of friends who were big bachelor heads who were just obsessed and like wanted me to be commenting on this. So I watched the, the season with them. Um, but okay. So having uh, the first black bachelor it has been a clusterfuck for the show. <clears throat> so the first black bachelor is this guy named Matt James, who's, I guess he's from North Carolina. He's got a white mom. Dad's not in the picture. He is friends with Hannah Brown, who is the bachelorette on this season where the super evangelical dude was on. Ah. Which is part of why I kind of wanted to watch him because I was curious how he was going to. Uh, you know, you get like a lot of the respectability politics happening um, in that show with uh, in a lot of ways. And I think this is why the like the racism of Chris Harrison and everything has just like blown the fuck up in some really intense ways. Mm-hmm. And so I figured like given all of that, 
they were going to lean into respectability politics even more and choose a black bachelor who was super evangelical. You know, sure. Someone you want to bring to your mom. Yeah. Right. And they did. And he was, and he is. And then again, like having him be friends with Hannah Brown was another like clue. Like she's super, super. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a tell. <laughs> she, she probably is doing a Beth more Bible study right now. It's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. But the re- the reason I wanted to talk about this is I watched the first two episodes of the season. And so I didn't even get to like the good shit where like the racism hit the fan, but and by good shit I mean drama there were these moments where like he would end a group date or like an awkward conversation with like a large group of women in the house by just like asking if he could lead them in prayer and he sounded just like a youth pastor and it was so uncomfortable you know how you know how the like the prayers in this community go where it's just like oh father god and we just want to. We just want to thank you. It's preaching, Father God. Under the context it, of not well, preaching. It, well, it's also like it's spoken word improv poetry with like a fifteen-word vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's true. nothing to. They say nothing. It's word salad for like ten minutes, and and so they they gave a lot of airtime to these moments, and because a lot of the girls they chose are super evangelical too, and so it was like catnip like after each of these moments they'd be like oh my god i'm just so moved he's such a like a leader a spiritual leader it's so encouraging to see a guy doing this and i'm like you sound like my friends when i was 16 yeah like this is kind of weird because i always like i never like having fundamentalist evangelicals on the bachelor breaks my brain like well, i also, just yeah I like it's a, it's, 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 it's the bachelor is like a televised social experiment in like polyamory whittling down to monogamy. Right. Uh, it goes against all of the values. Everything. It really does. Parents aren't involved. <laughs> and yet like they're, they just like, it's, it's like treated like it's such wholesome TV and you know they're all policing each other about you're not here for the right reasons uh, and just like you know gassing this guy up because he's praying like youth pastor because that's like, something that because apparently women that's find attractive <laughs> yeah that, so that 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 was a candy dropper yeah sure. <laughs> Oh man, this guy just prays and it's so hot. Like I understand that like people's voices can be really hot and you just like want to hear them more. Like I have some friends who oh, I would yeah. just like love to have them just like talk at me. Like it's fine. Right. But- I mean I have had I have had crushes on people solely for the fact that their their voice was hot. Um I mean I guess he he, he like has a nice voice, but he's not a particularly but is it that hot. <sighs> no. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the whole thing. Just it's gross and weird, and it's like anyway. I, the whole thing just feels very strange, and on so many levels because he's, you know, being objectified as this black man in all these ways that are just like cliche, mm. racist, like 
bullshit. Like every, like let's just hit every trope. Oh my God. But the prayers were just like, I was like, I need to talk to someone about these prayers. That doesn't make an awkward situation less awkward. Well, I guess the good thing is it definitely does weed out the like normal people. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you told me who you are. I'm out. I don't know. I just thought y'all would get a kick out of that. Yeah. But there was another part that made it even weirder that we were talking about earlier. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So the (laughs) The point, it hasn't, I guess it hasn't aired yet. And it probably, I don't even know if it will. So like the racism scandal that goes, I'm not going to try to summarize it. I'm not going to do it justice, but the, the nugget that's, you know, not surprising is the girl he ends up proposing to, or, you know, the one who's like left standing at the end. I'm not even sure if they got engaged. Um, because again, it hasn't aired yet, but she like got exposed for having been part of a sorority in her Southern undergrad where, uh, they did antebellum dress up as like part of their sorority traditions. So like hoop skirts and hanging out on a plantation. Mm. I think there was some other stuff (laughs) too, but civil war reenactments probably accompanied just about it was it was very very gross and so they're not together anymore as far as as far as as far as the bachelor you know bachelor nation gossip goes reported reporting has said that they're done but um i just thought it was really funny like of course like he goes for the white evangelical like a guy who's like this kind of evangelical goes Mm -hmm. for the white evangelical girl who is like full on into like, like super real Confederate nostalgia propaganda? Ugh. That's just a bad situation. And I feel bad for him. Like, I mean, I think that like the community that he's in has like put him in a really bad position for this. And I don't know that he like really has the kinds of friends who could have protected him from this. But anyway, it's, all of that's not really my place to comment on. But I just think the <laughs> the whole thing was just like, ooh, ooh like the, this they had a lot an opportunity to not fuck it up, and then they fucked it up in every single possible way you could fuck it up. Yeah, it all started with the prayers. Yeah, that's like honestly, that should be a warning. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, that's why I was like, I was like, my friends were like, I need a real solution TV show to watch, and I was like. This season of The Bachelor is going to be everything that you are looking for because of this. And I now I feel kind of gross about saying that because it's like it was so much worse than I, I anticipated it being really bad. It was so much worse than it was, you know, setting itself up to be. And that just like feels like bad voyeurism now. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I the mean, the thing is already bad voyeurism. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's the entire point of the show in general. They're signing like, up for the it; they're consenting point. to it. But uh, this was just like a, another level. Yeah, but didn't um, someone else get fired because of it? Oh yeah, Chris Harrison, the longtime host, went on some talk show to, and this is what I mean by I like can't summarize it properly. I don't re- remember what he said because I wasn't paying close attention. But he went on a talk show to talk about this scandal with this girl and like said some 
stuff that was basically dismissing systemic racism. And so now he's out. <laughs> that explanation well, daddy is gone. <laughs> at least, at least that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I mean, they handled it better than any church. Oh my yeah, God. True facts. Speaking of, do we yeah. want to talk about this? Grace and Danny's newest installment. Oh my God. I forgot about this. I, I also did. There is okay. so much. Do you want me to just do like a super short summary and they can go find it if they want? Yeah, do it. Okay. So if y'all remember last summer, last summer, there was um some evangelical drama happening around the Willow Creek Church, which has been an o- part of an ongoing saga of like Bill Hybels, who's the guy who founded the church. Just like there's a community of churches, there's a, multiple locations, was accused of some abuse and was kicked out and like various people in the community defended him others didn't and anyway um john ortberg who uh was the one of his like founding compatriots um was the pastor of the mega church in oakland their their willow creek location in oakland or was it a willow creek location anyway menlo park yeah not in the church but on the other side of it's in West Bay. <laughs> Sorry, my my dad. <laughs> we we don't have that here. <laughs> it's 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 on the other side of the bay. You're like we wouldn't let them live here. It's, it's like fine. they they would be picketed. Like <laughs> okay, so anyway, Menlo Park Church is like loosely affiliated with Willow Creek because so like the whole thing has been unraveling, and then um, Danny Lavery. Daniel Lavery, the writer, slate columnist, formerly of the Toast, um, is this the son, the trans son of this pastor, and um, it was always kind of like baffling to us that it was the family seemed so wonderfully accepting of Danny, even though they were super fun to Bundy, and we were just like, wow, this is like a miracle slash seems too good to be true, like. Mm-hmm. this doesn't happen turns out it was um and there's a whole thing where trigger warning for everybody like csa stuff but uh the one of the other children in the orberg family um was a self-admitted pedophile and the father had known this and had encouraged the son to be involved with children's ministry work and was actively preventing him from um getting actual treatment getting actual treatment and actually like yeah preventing him from working for kids and was just like exposure will help it's fine yeah because that always works because that always works so all of that happened danny like dropped the family name and like moved away and just like you know divorced himself from the family in any and every way um it was kind of a big deal the the fam the like church tried a like a smear campaign against Danny and his wife. It was a whole thing. So all that died down. We thought it was done. And then there was the blog post. There's always a blog post. Mm-hmm. Always. And basically what it said was there was a young woman who had grown up in the church who um was mixed race, not white. 
I I don't remember the origins of her family, but the, her her dad, her bio dad was apparently a Muslim. And so there was like a whole thing of like, they were trying to make sure the mother didn't go back to that. And it was a whole, you know, invasive shepherd, shepherding movement kind of pastoring stuff mm-hmm. over them as like a potentially like wayward family. And, and John Ortberg, the father, the pastor, uh, essentially groomed this girl and raped her in his office multiple times and was like fed to, she was like handed to him, picked and handed to him by one of the, the women in the church who like kind of like smelled her out as a victim of CSA as, and someone who like was potentially vulnerable to this kind of situation and just like provided yep. her to him. As far as I know, he's still, I mean, he's like been on leave. I don't think he's released a statement in response to any of this. I don't, of course not. Um, but I think he's still like on payroll. <sighs> of course he is. Anyway, you can yeah. go look that up yourself. It's be careful. It's one of the most gruesome of these kinds of stories that I have ever read. And I have read a lot of these. Yeah, it is really, really intense. Um, and like, just sort of shines a light on the fact that like this kind of abuse is so rampant in these churches by the leadership and people will stand by the leadership and feed the leadership innocent children to do this too. And they will stand by them because they don't fucking care. And I think the thing that is particularly notable to me about this whole situation is the the racism involved where like a like they on purpose didn't pick a nice little white girl Mm -hmm. they picked someone who would be more vulnerable less you know believable less of a perfect victim in the community someone that the pre-existing racial prejudices of everyone else in that church who was white like if she went and told on him like what are the odds that anyone would believe this little brown girl right yeah they Um, chose specifically people who wouldn't be believed and who would be regarded as like already bad because of all of the white supremacy that's being taught which just goes to tell you like we know they know. They, they know. know what they are. They know. They know not just they know what they're doing. But they also know how, the depths of their own racism. Yep. It's so gross. Yeah. So anyway, um, John Orberg is also someone we'll have a grave rave for, and hopefully that will be soon. Mm-hmm. And um, no wonder he protected his pedophile child. Yep. Yeah, like after I saw that, I was like, well, of course he didn't give a shit that his son was also this way because this is what he's literally been doing to people for who knows how long. Right. And and the, the circling back to the whole, like, why did they accept Danny as trans thing? Like, turns out they equated the family theology, equated being transgender with being sexually deviant in the, all of these abusive ways, being a pedophile, being a rapist, they yep. equated them as the same. And because they were willing to forgive themselves for these things and protect each other, then 
they thought that this would be more of the same, which is just so appalling. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's what we were taught, like, you know, being queer at all made you like well on your way to Mm -hmm. like other things like the whole the slippery slope was well if we let gay people marry then you can marry your dog and i'm like i don't want to marry my dog yeah like this dogs can't consent there is not the the uh it's not an equal thing but this is how they believe so it's just it's it's so awful yes the whole thing so anyway if you were skipping um because of the CSA stuff. We're done with that now. Sorry. It was deep. It was intense for a second there. Yeah. Um, this was the serious portion of our fun episode. Oh, we have one more serious portion of the fun episode. Oh, yes. You want to you wanna take this one? I've got um, a kitten on my lap. Is this one Madison Cawthorn mm-hmm. still being an awful shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, Update, Madison Cawthorn is still being an awful shit. There have been some more in-depth pieces about him and everyone is like, oh, wow, he's actually awful. So I would just like to pat ourselves on the back for having our friend on the show back before November warning people about how fucking awful he is. Yeah, so BuzzFeed had reporters out doing investigative journalism on the stuff that we covered not because we covered it, but on the same same kind of... It's getting out ma- there. Yeah, the same matter. And um, they got a whole lot more um, victims to be willing to speak on, or on the record. So, like, the number of women coming forward with yeah. these kinds of experiences with Cawthorn is just increasing exponentially. And um, I believe his campaign is, like, trying to, like wage a lawsuit against this is like global. oh my god it's a whole thing um but like when your entire college comes out and is like this dude Henry is a college, harasser Patrick Henry College won't even acknowledge you and they liked Rush Limbaugh right like <laughs> PHC title nine is the worst and even they're like this guy is awful we don't want to touch him like he was here for one semester and got D's and also he's terrible. Yeah, so it's just the even his parents have come out like saying that like his version of the like car accident story is a lie. Like Yeah. Nobody has this guy's back except for his like shady PHC buddies who are now his like campaign manager and office like chief right. of staff. Like yeah. that's it. That's the only people yeah. who like like this guy. Yeah. What's like What's infuriating to me is that we haven't fucking ousted him or what's her face, Marjorie. Lauren Bobert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Lauren, um, whatever. Yeah. Marjorie Green or whatever her name is. Like all the people who are like pro the insurrection and helped it and terrible people. Like they have no right to be holding that office. Like, they are unconstitutionally in that office. They have no right to be there. Why have we not fucking ousted them? But we also can't even fucking get, like, you know, 
the stimulus checks out. We have to keep limiting that. So it's just, I'm so frustrated. Where's my water buffalo? Where's my water buffalo? I'm a member of the fucking Democratic Party institution now, and I have things to say. The water buffalo is fake. <laughs> the cake is a lie. Yeah, it really, it really is. It is the such water, a lie. The water buffalo is a lie. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the end of the episode there. Yeah, that's, it's, it's the title and the end of the episode. The water buffalo is a lie. I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> it's good. I think we needed this. We needed to just like vent and talk Ooh. about some good things and also some terrible things yeah and the next episode will be really really fun and it'll be an after dark episode and then we'll do the moxie after dark episode and we'll have a couple more serious reporting style ones in between it'll be nice yeah yeah definitely join our patreon and keep up with the emails from there or hop into our slack uh patreon.com slash kitchen table Yes, join the Grave Rave. You'll get the info about the upcoming After Dark and the Moxie watch party and uh, all kinds of good stuff. We have our Slack is fun. You should just like come join it. It's, we just it's hang fun. out. It's good. Yeah. Thank you so much to the band The Heavens for their music on this and every episode from their albums to Nazo. And thanks, Dave, as always, for editing out all of the weird choppy bits and putting this together. (laughs) We appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. We love you. Thank you, Water. Stay safe. Wear your masks. No planets are in in retrograde anymore, so have fun. Yeah, it's been been nice being able to use my computer. (laughs) What a world. (laughs) I know. All right. All right. Until next time, friends, be safe. The water buffalo is a lie. The water buffalo is a lie. Bye. Bye.